0: Hello, this is Christy Bates of Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to Episode 39 of the Deep South Dharma Podcast. This episode is being released Sunday, April 26, 2020, and it's entitled Developing Skill in the New Abnormal. I want to tell you two quick things before we get into that, just a couple of things to look forward to. One is that my friend and Dharmacharya sister, Susmita Barua, will, um has joined me for um, an interview about her teaching in Buddhist economics and really her studies. Um, her study in that, her developing interest in that, and how she has begun to teach about that. That's something that she's been sharing with me off and on for a couple of years now. And I wanted to bring some of that to you. So if I, uh, if I get my editing done this week, as I expect and hope to, then that will be included in the podcast episode next week. Then the other thing I want to let you know about, if you don't already know about it, is something called PandemicofLove.com. And this is a mutual aid community of care movement uh, that started in response to the current epidemic. It began on March 14th by uh, a mindfulness teacher in Florida, and she just had, it was something she started to help her local community, and it really caught fire and has spread in, in many, many places throughout the U.S., and, um, and some of our listeners who are in Australia or Mexico City or Toronto may be interested to know that Pandemic of Love is also where you live. A mutual aid community connects people in need with patrons who can help with that need. And so um, for those of you in the Oxford, Mississippi area, or maybe even as far as Memphis, um, which those of you in Memphis are just about an hour from us, I am doing some research to find out, um, and I expect to hear back from them in the next day or two, Um, on what exactly we need to do to get started in our community. Tennessee currently has micro communities in Chattanooga and Nashville, um, not in in the west end of the state yet. So it may be that, that that becomes part of our work in the Oxford community. My understanding, if you have some interest in helping with this, the idea is that there are at least uh, five volunteers who are willing to spend a couple of hours a week um, just doing the work of matching up, just being willing to be online to match up patrons who are offering help with people who have specific, um, specific things they need at this time. So it's a uh, Pandemic of Love describes this as a tangible way for people to give to each other quickly, discreetly, and directly. So as a volunteer, you're not volunteering to you know, deliver anything or anything like that. So if you have an interest in helping start this in our area, um, if you're local to me, then email me um, info at deepsouthdharma.org and then as soon as I have more information, I will get that to you for us so that we can get started. All right. And just final thing that I'll mention, just a reminder that our Saturday morning group is still meeting online. You are welcome to join us from anywhere from 10 to 11 AM central time. And it has been really sweet having people join us, um, from outside of our local area and very sweet seeing our um, local friends, of course, And then on Wednesdays, we have midweek meditation from 1130 to noon central time. And that is just um, those recordings I am adding here to the podcast, recording the meditation portion. The rest of it is not recorded, just a little, you know, any questions people have or any brief check-ins that people make. I'm not recording those. I'm just recording the meditation so that that's here for you on the podcast, Um, but if you would like to join us live, it definitely feels very supportive to do that. and gives a little midweek boost, so we would love to see you there. The links to both of those groups are at deepsouthdharma.org, and we would love to see you. And now we'll turn our attention to developing skill in the new abnormal. When we speak of developing skill in the new abnormal, I want to lay some groundwork in terms of what I mean by abnormal. I don't mean that these times are abnormal because people are aging and getting sick and dying. That is part of the human condition. I think of the term abnormal in this context maybe more in terms of functional and non-functional, right? So if you, sometimes there can be this sort of cynicism um, about families or societies being able to function, right? And particularly particularly when we're part of a society or a family that is dysfunctional, uh, we like to, to believe that there's no such thing as a functional family or a functional society. But when we clarify our terms, we see that that's not the case. A functional family is one in which the needs of the members, of all of the members, are met on a consistent basis. That doesn't mean perfectly met, but it means are met on a consistent basis, and no one is scapegoated or targeted, or expected to tolerate abuse of any sort. The same is true of a functional society. A functional society is one in which the members of that society have the ability to get their needs met, no matter their age, no matter their Health status or ability status, no matter their intelligence level, um, and that that typically there is not a person or class of people left behind, scapegoated, that sort of thing. Now, because we live in a country. Um, though most of us, let me just back up and say, most of the listeners of this podcast are in the U.S. There, there are, I'm grateful to say, people outside of the U.S. listening also in our little community. But um, most of us that live in the U.S. are so used to living in a system where there's always a segment of the population considered expendable. That was our old abnormal Right. What's happening as people are shifting into, okay, what's life going to be like now? Even as we, in some places, people are easing back into um, work or easing back into uh, something a little more resembling pre-COVID times. Um And they're talking about the new normal, but I want to just sort of highlight that we don't want that to settle into a new abnormal in which we are tolerant of an ever-widening gulf, an ever-widening fissure for people to fall through the cracks. So when we talk about developing skill in this new abnormal we want to talk about the both what is skillful and and the opposite of skillful right so the opposite of skillful is what has led us into this situation in the first place and i don't mean the virus the virus beyond you know beyond human action but the situation that we are in now where we are having to choose between protecting people's health or protecting their ability to provide for themselves. That has come about because of three basic skillful, unskillful attitudes, developments. Historically, in Buddhism, they're referred to as the three poisons, Greed, hatred, delusion, or greed, aversion, and delusion. So this is what has allowed this system to content, to, accelerate, to to accelerate the gulf between people who have what they need and people who don't. By greed, I want to say in Buddhism, sometimes when when um, people in the West speak of Buddhism, this word greed um, the original terms will get translated as desire, right that uh, that the that desire itself is a poison. And that I want to be sure that if you're fairly new to all of this that you hear, from from someone who has studied this quite a bit that that is not the intent of the buddha's communication about this he was not saying all desire is a poison Um, in fact he encourages people to cultivate the you know wholesome desires when the Buddha speaks about greed, he's talking about that toxic, repetitive craving for things that do not satisfy. So he's talking about rampant materialism and such that have um, just that that need for immediate gratification that does not take into account the needs of one's own needs, much less the needs of other people. And hatred can include. Not only hatred of others, it can be hatred of ourselves, hatred of having to deal with difficult, difficult issues, difficult puzzles. And then delusion, there's the the basic delusion of some believing that we are somehow separate and cut off, that the basic delusion of believing that we can set ourselves up to be successful happy, healthy, well-fed, well-cared-for, etc., while ignoring our connection to the rest of humanity and the rest of the earth. So those are those basic, non skillful attitudes that have led to where we are. And for developing skill in the new abnormal and hopefully helping to ameliorate the new abnormal. We want to cultivate the opposites, which are generosity, goodwill and compassion, and clear seeing. So, of course, generosity being the antidote to greed. And I want to highlight, this also has to do with generosity toward ourselves. This is not a case of thinking that the answer lies in not caring for oneself. In fact, that continues that delusion. Um, It just flips it on its head, right? So whether I think that I can be cut off and separate and well taken care of and nobody else matters... Well, there's that delusion of separation. But even if I try to flip the greed on its head and go, okay, well, then I'm going to only care about others. There's still the misunderstanding about our relationship to others and to the rest of the earth. So when we talk about developing generosity toward ourselves and others, really, in a way, what we're talking about is maturity, um, having an, a mature understanding of our responsibility, you know, I remember one of my favorite pieces of Al-Anon literature is this pamphlet on maturity that defines responsibility as the ability to respond to one's own needs and to the needs of others. So when, we, when generosity has a maturity to it, it is a wonderful antidote to greed. It can help us look at what is truly beneficial to me and that recognizing also that what is genuinely beneficial to me is beneficial to others. What is genuinely beneficial to others is beneficial to me. The antidote to hatred or aversion being goodwill and compassion doesn't mean that we have to admire Um, people or situations that we don't admire, but it does mean that we practice cultivating attitudes of wishing them well. And again, recognizing, and some of it is sort of that uh, healthy form of self-interest, right? That instead of nurturing our frustration and hatred toward those who are caught in the grip of greed, And delusion Um, and it's it's really almost seen as socially acceptable to hate to hate those in power who are worsening the situation I want to suggest that one of the best ways we can be generous toward ourselves is to deliberately cultivate an attitude of goodwill and compassion recognizing that If those folks could have what they truly, truly need, they would not be making life miserable for other people. They would not be dumping all their stocks based on insider information. They would not be rushing past the needs for testing or the needs for medical care to boost economic indicators that are largely fantasy at this point. At the same time, it's important to recognize that someone can have a different focus than ourselves and still be very concerned um, about the very same people we're concerned about. So we don't want to assume that because someone's viewpoint that the facet Of of things that they're looking at somehow makes them wrong, makes them somehow somebody that we have to be averse to. Um, A great example of that, one of my friends does a lot of work um, in the area of early childhood education. Um, And one of the things that um, she feels so torn about right now is The and this is maybe the easiest example of this conundrum, is the desire to keep children safe, to keep their families safe, to keep teachers safe, and also the absolute horror at thinking that children might lose a year or two of education if they happen to live in a situation where they don't have good internet access or they don't have uh, grown-ups available who can help provide um, guidance and accountability for um, doing doing schoolwork and and learning and following through because their situation you know requires that maybe they're essential workers and are required to be at work to to take care of their families and that sort of thing so it's really it it's really skillful to guard against a knee-jerk response toward someone whose focus in this moment is different from our own. Because there can certainly there are some bad faith actors out there. Um, those that are totally caught up in the illness of greed, Many of them are absolutely functioning as bad actors in this. But there are many, many more people who are who are considering things in good faith, really trying to come up with solutions. And their solutions or their ideas for solutions can be different from yours without that meaning that they care for other people less than you do. So those are just examples of skillful attitudes that we can take that are more um, based in goodwill, based in compassion. Also also useful to bring the other Brahma viharas into it, which is um, which are gratitude and altruistic joy, to be able to recognize that there are some people that are doing okay. and to be able to have a gratitude about that, Um, As much as we want to not lose touch with our concern for people who are struggling, we can also be very grateful for the people who are uh, grateful on behalf of those who who are experiencing a sense of health right now, a sense of relative security right now, Um, recognizing that that there is both in the world can help ground us in the reality that at any given time in the world, there are, in any given moment, there are positive things happening, there are negative things happening. And that's true always throughout history. When we talk about developing the skillful attitude of Clear seeing is what I'm calling it, right? The opposite of delusion would be seeing things as they really are. And the study and practice of the Dharma is really, really helpful for this. Regular meditation, really, really helpful. Um, When we, mindfulness practice is so often taught as um, a stress reliever, a way to manage anxiety, and all of that is true. And that's; those are not small gifts. I, I don't mean to diminish that. Those are tremendous gifts. But the, the really, maybe the biggest gift is that when we are aware of what's happening in any given moment, and then in the next moment, and then in the next moment, and then in the next moment, we learn to see what's really happening, and we start to see not only to see through some of our delusions, but we start to see where we are where we are carrying delusion, where we are still operating under the sway of delusion, so that even when deluded thinking arises, we start to recognize the flavor of it. Um, and so, there may be certain situations where. I don't know exactly what to do, but I can know what not to do. I may not exactly in, in a given moment know how I want to respond, but I can recognize the flavor of a diluted thought that comes to mind and I can know, okay, that is not going to be a response that's helpful. So we can sort of slow things down and through that practice of mindfulness, we can come to trust that if I will just be here moment by moment by moment in the midst of my daily activities, in formal meditation, in informal practices of mindfulness, if I'm willing to show up moment by moment by moment, things will come clear. If I'm willing to be with my experience, even if it's difficult and even if it's confusing at first. When we think about these areas of generosity, goodwill or compassion and clear seeing or wisdom, wisdom is another way that people will speak of the anecdote to delusion. When we make it our business to cultivate those things, that gives us a place to put our attention that is useful. When we can look at, okay, okay, In what ways am I being generous? In what ways can I add to generosity? In what ways am I practicing goodwill toward myself and others? And in what ways might I add to that or develop that further? In what ways can I find time to practice meditation? Can I find avenues for study that allow me to develop wisdom. This begins to give us a sense of direction is is maybe the best word that comes to mind right now. And a sense of direction in a very confusing, tumultuous time is a really centering, reassuring experience to have a sense of direction. And that is something that the Dharma offers. Let's just give ourselves a minute to let that settle. I am really grateful for my connection to you, a person who would listen to a podcast about the Dharma. If you know others who might value this podcast, please do share it with them, and if you would like to be involved in the financial support of this podcast, you can do that for just 99 cents a month at anchor.fm slash Dharma.